the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. And welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Talk about an explosion. Talk about an October surprise in the month of September as we go into an election. Babies, child, my peeps out there, you Andrea K. Show listeners, it has happened. Something that uh, people have been watching and waiting for for a while, and that is the passing of the notorious RBG, as she has become uh, to be known, and that is the uh, Supreme Court Justice. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. 888-344-1170. If you want to weigh in on the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and what you think it means and what any suggestions you have for President Trump and his administration with someone as iconic as Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing away from the bench. Uh, it, it The fur is already flying out of D.C., and I'd love to hear from you guys on that. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. We are streaming live right now on Facebook at TheAnswerSanDiego.com, as well as our favorite little friend group, Kaniacs. Um, uh, <laughs> joining me in a moment, when I first heard that RBG uh, had passed away, I reached out to our friend Tom DeBacaro, who's not just an attorney, but he's also a, an historian and an expert on politics, and his, one of his books is The Divided Era, and I asked him to come on so that we could uh, he could break down all the different ways in which this is monumental for us, particularly going into an election. And before I bring Tom in, i got to bring in my partner in crime who's here with me every night of the week. It's DJ Potato Skins. We have a gentleman is a man of great character and intellect. DJ DJ Made it through another week. Yeah, we did. All right. So, uh, Tom DeBacaro, thank you for being with me on a moment's notice. Uh, but I knew that you would understand the magnitude of this. I'm not sure all Americans do. So before we break out all the different ways that this is the, the different aspects of the story here, tell everybody why this is so monumental that, sh- that, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed. Well, it's hard to to put it into words. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the icon of the American left. And so this isn't just a Supreme Court justice. She became so meaningful to so many people on the left. She is far more revered than than the rest of those on the left on the Supreme Court. So that matters. Never in American history have we had the passing of a justice 50 days before an election. That's a first. The balance of the court is in question here. If this person, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and and let me just say outright, uh, you know, my mother went through many cancers 
and survived them all. She was the toughest person ever. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg is tough as nails, and she rose to a, to an incredible position. I don't agree with her on anything. I don't even think she should have been a Supreme Court justice. I agree. But you cannot take away that she is an American story. Everything about America, you know, rising from virtually nothing to becoming a position of power, that kind of thing. If she was replaced by a conservative, you literally would have five conservatives, John Roberts and three liberals. That matters because it would matter for a long time. So there's no way to under to understate how important this moment in history is. And Mitch McConnell has vowed to give a hearing prior to the election of Donald Trump's choice. So now it all sits on Donald Trump's shoulders as to whether he's going to move forward. I'm seeing a friend of mine on Facebook uh, saying that Lisa Murkowski, Kel Surprise, what a shock, or as the French would say, what a shock. She's come out and already stated that she won't vote on RBG's replacement. Uh, the biggest problem that we face as Republicans and conservatives that actually uh, wanted President Trump's agenda passed is not the Democrat Party. It's the establishment, the Republicans, that have done everything that they could to cooperate with a coup attempt that went against this president. I mean, Ch- Ch- Schumer saying today, we can't do this before the election. We've got to give the American people a voice in this. Hey, Lisa Murkowski. Hey, Chuck Schumer. We had our voice. We had our say, and it was the election in 2016. And we have the right to have President Trump, the man that we elected into office, have his choice, not just heard, not just nominated, but confirmed before this election. Shame on Lisa Murkowski and any Republican. What, what do we do when we've, got the, when we've got that kind of crap going on in the Republican Party, Tom DeBacaro? Well, let's be clear. If, it, if the shoe was on the other foot, let no one believe that the Democrats wouldn't move forward. Remember, they're already saying they're going to get rid of the filibuster altogether if they won all three houses. So don't feel sorry for them. On the other hand, I, it doesn't surprise me that they don't want this because their entire agenda is dependent on a Supreme Court that will, pa- that will uphold liberal social justices, justice or create law. But let me very, be very clear, and I posted this on Facebook. Let me be very clear to anyone out there listening to my voice. There are no rules. Period. End of story. There is nothing in the law that says that Trump couldn't nominate you tomorrow and the Senate confirm you in 24 hours. There is nothing. Well, OK, it would take a little time, but there is no rules. And I cite for you a a little known American figure in American history named John Adams, President John Adams, who whose significance, even though I'm not a fan of him, dwarfs any known name today. John Adams was president of the United States. He lost to Thomas Jefferson in his reelection after he lost. There was a lame duck session. In December, the first lame duck session in American history. And John Adams passed the Judiciary Act, which remade the American judiciary because the Federalists still 
had a majority at that point in, in the Congress. So it wasn't before the election, Andrea. It wasn't before. It was after the Americans had already spoken in an election. And he passed the Judiciary Act, which remade the judiciary, stacked it with Federalist judges that Thomas Jefferson didn't want. So nobody tell me there's a rule that Trump can't move forward. Well, the rule that's being in play right now is we've got both parties. Lisa Murkowski is a Republican. It's one thing to see the Democrats. Is of course, she? yes, yes, from from Alaska. Well, my, well, she's got an R after her name. So, yeah, we, we, we get it. We, we, you know, wink, wink. She's not really a Republican, but that's my point. The point is, is that we, th- this is even more monumental, I think, than you even described, because if we don't get this replacement now, and if the Dems win going into November, their plan is to not just get rid of the filibuster, but if they win the White House or steal it, because I believe that President Trump is on the way to to a, a reelection, a legitimate reelection that could possibly be stolen with the mail-in ballots. If the Democrats take the Senate and take the White House, they pl- intend to pack the Supreme Court with a bunch of justices that make Ruth Bader Ginsburg look like Sarah Palin. And then all the social <laughs> justice warrior crap that they want from all of their um, you talk about being marginalized from the Black Lives Matter movement and what's going to and and what that's all about their Marxist movement that that will get legislated onto us and then the Supreme Court whose role has been expanded beyond what it was supposed to be in the first place they're going to pack it with more um than it won't be 9 anymore it's going to be more like 13 with a bunch of far left kooks and then America as we know it is done at that point and yeah, look uh, and so here's an irony for you and you know I love you, right? Mitch McConnell saved the American Constitution by not seating Merrill Garland and by and by affirming more federal conservatives to, to court than any in history. If he goes forward and seats a Supreme Court justice, it will be unbelievable in American history right now. And I tell you... And he, and he would have rehabilitated himself, in my view... Because we ha- we would still have a constitution. Well, I think that we're going to take a break. We come back. I want to talk about what President Trump should be doing right now, what it means for the election. Um, because uh, immediately I got a text from from a friend of mine who's actually an attorney, and she was like, this makes me worried for the election. And I said, this, this should energize. This should motivate Trump supporters. Because if you had forgotten about the impact of SCOTUS and how important it was for us, one of the main reasons why Trump won in 2016, one of the reasons which was benefited and, and helped to, because he had the list, that the Supreme Court was so important to the voters in 2016 that Trump did something extraordinary. He said, here's my list of nominees, right? Uh, So this actually should motivate Trump supporters, but I could be wrong. So we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to be back with Tom DeBacaro, and we're going to talk about what this means for the election, what the Trump administration should do, even without the support of the insane Susan Collins in Maine, far left kook, uh, her and Lisa Murkowski out of uh, of Alaska. Stay tuned. We're Andrea Keisha coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Uh, we are discussing with Tom DeBocaro, attorney, author of The Divided Air and other books, and uh, former senatorial candidate against uh, Kamala Harris, about the uh, passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, also known by the left. She's become an iconic, beloved figure, the notorious RBG, which was always kind of a head-scratcher to me. Tom DeBocaro, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I never thought uh, she did graduate at the top, tied at the top of her class, which I think is extraordinary. But I actually watched her arguments before the Supreme Court for men to get, you know, paid leave to stay at home with their women. And I thought, what's all the fuss about with this? I mean, you know, I could have made those arguments to me. I, I, did, I don't see the legal genius. I think she was given a pass when she was nominated. Uh, she's not the first woman on the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, I, for some reason, uh, she is uh, she's written very few majority opinions on the court. So I, I think I think it, her legacy is less to me about her legal genius and more just about that she is a symbol of everything that the left wants in this country. And that should really reignite any Trump supporter out there, in my opinion, because you think about all the decisions that the Supreme Court's going to have going forward that they counted on RBG for uh, that that are taking place right now. These Black Lives Matter riots and demands that that will end up having uh, resulting in, in my opinion, ultimately in cases heard before the Supreme Court demand for reparations, defunding police, all the different implications from these Marxist demands. Then you've got all these COVID tyrannical authoritarian laws, quote, laws, edicts uh, that have been controlling uh, and destroying the lives of Americans, like here in California with Gavin Newsom. These are all cases that are going to be heard before the Supreme Court. Our entire future is at stake going forward, and I don't think that we can understate it. Yeah, no, she is not, she will not go down as the intellectual leader of the left, nor will she, she is more, uh, she is an emotional leader on the Supreme Court for the left, and she became the symbol of what the Democrats want out of, you know, the, the, the discussion of activist judges mm-hmm. that's who she is she's yeah. a i call her a social justice not a uh you know she's a uh, more of a thoroughgood marshal than an Antonin scalia Antonin scalia had a brilliant mind about why we should judges should be conservative she she wasn't the ultimate activist judge and and in that regard <clears throat> look there is no question and there are no rules it, they could see a, a justice in enough time. How would that impact the election? Well, first of all, it's never happened before. So it is clearly speculative to say what it would be. But but just let, let me posit this for you. Do you think that anyone on the left would vote for Trump if he deferred and didn't pick a justice? No. And and that's really the calculation, because in in many regards, you know, we are so divided. Someone should write a book about that. (laughs) We are so divided that the Democrats would vote for a a, uh, you know, a scarecrow on the left and just to stop Trump. The question is level of enthusiasm. And if Trump doesn't nominate, this is a calculus, if Trump doesn't nominate someone, you could find Democrats more motivated to vote 
than if he already had. Yeah. Because if he had, then they're just stuck with Joe Biden and nothing really to get. Exactly. So you can make the argument that if, you, if your issue is how motivated they need to be, better they see them now and they have really nothing left to vote for. And then there's the argument, oh, if, you know, wh- how important, if you could save the Supreme Court and not win the election, which would you choose? You can make the argument that saving the Supreme Court, I'm not saying he would lose if he did save the Supreme Court. But if he did save the Supreme Court for a generation, is that worth giving up your office? Well, I, I, th- I, yes. well, I, but I don't think, I think that that's the false choice. I think that, sure, that he's, no, it's, but he, let it, me it, ask you a question though. If he could do that and nothing alone, would you want him to do that? Yes, but I don't think that that's the choice, and I don't want to confuse okay, people but, out okay, here but, because what because that that for him to quote save the Supreme Court and get his person you know nominated and confirmed by the election day that he's somehow going to, going to lose election. I don't think that that's. I think that contradicts what you, kind of what you just were saying about Democrats. He's not going to win over any dem. He's not going to win over a Biden supporter, whatever he does. But he could lose his some of his base. If he didn't nominate somebody right now and do everything that he could to get him confirmed, if he couldn't get him confirmed because of some crap weasel named named Susan Collins or some crap weasel named uh, Murkowski, that's not on him. That's on them. So he has more to lose from his uh, more to lose by not nominating than he does by nominating. So I don't and think keep in mind he doesn't need those two people because they're at fifty three. Yeah, but he there's other there's 51. others that there's others that. that that could be peeled off. Um, so we. So what's going on tonight is a discussion about can we get 51 votes in order to do this? That's the discussion tonight. And and look, for me, when Trump was elected, this is what I said going into this election. I care about him reducing taxes and regulations, keeping me alive. And the Constitution. Those are the three things, judges. Those are the things I cared about. He's done all three. Thank you, Middle East Peace Agreement. If he actually, we had five people who were actual conservatives instead of John Roberts, who's a politician, clearly, it would be amazing. To me, right. it would be amazing. Well, right. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, if, yeah. Uh, he, I, that's exactly what they're trying to do tonight is figure it out if they've got 51, which means that they they're already looking at they know that Collins is gone. They know that Murkowski has gone. So now everybody's on the phone with Mitt Romney going, what are you going to do, Mitt? Now, what do you think Mitt's going to do? Well, he, well, he will fold. He, he, me? Fold for who? So that he, make it no clear. He vote for it. He there's no, there's no way Mitt Romney's going to do it, which would mean Mike Pence would cast the deciding vote. Okay, so your prediction then, your analysis is, is or or give us your analysis. Is he going to nominate somebody? Everybody's right now. Amy uh, Coney Barrett is trending. The uh, the the play uh, from conservatives is he needs to nominate her because then uh, if she's a true conservative, that plays to the base. It puts the Democrats in a bad position because then they've got to go after a white suburban woman, which ain't going to help them with the white suburban base. I think that's the play. I think that's what what Trump should do. And I think then it puts the onus on on uh, any Republicans. They're going to have a lot to explain themselves for um, to Republicans. Susan Collins. Uh, what, what 
if what if he picks a black conservative justice? I think he needs to go with Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, I, I think it's honestly too early to tell, but it won't take long. You're going to know in 72 hours whether he's going to do it or not. It could take less telling than that. If he you does, know, what is Ben Sass going to do? We have, we've only got a couple minutes left, so we, we got we got to speed it up here. I think that if he can't do it because he doesn't get he doesn't have the votes and the support of the Republican Party, I think he needs to go to the American people and go to his base and say, "I don't ha- I could get you. I could save this country. Here's what's at stake." All these tyrannical Democrat governors out there that that are implementing their communist agenda on you, using coronavirus as an excuse uh, to destroy the economy in the states. You got all this, the Marxist movement, the Black Lives Matter, all these, uh, as well as the Roe v. Wade, as well as the religious freedom cases that are that are coming forward. That's what's at stake. And I could, you know, secure and save the Supreme Court for you, but for the Republicans. It, I, I, what else can he do if they if they don't give him an opportunity to get his choice? Uh, he, well, I think if he do, if they can't get the 51, this will be unfortunately, this motivates the Democrats more because the Democrats have no reason to vote for Biden today. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's everything to them. Well, it remains to be seen what happens. This is absolutely extraordinary. And I will tell you that um, a lot of people are saying tonight, you know, hat tip to her for being, you know, being you're right. She is tough as nails and she stuck it out as long as she could. Could There is something to be said. I admire anybody who's a fighter against cancer. Um, I think it can get to the point to where and we there, there are debates that have been going on for a while now about whether or not there should be lifetime appointments. Should there be an age in which they're forced to retire? I think there is an argument to be made that you were already divided enough as a country. We're 45 days out from a monumental election and we had a Supreme Court justice at the age of 87 who was fighting metastasized pancreatic cancer in July before the election. And had she stepped down then, would we be in a better place as a nation than we are today? No, no, because the higher the stakes, the greater the division. It's why I wrote the book, The Divided Era. And I hope people at this moment now realize how important it is for them to get that book and understand the greater the stakes, the greater the division. Maybe I didn't answer my, ask my question. Should she have stepped down in July and not and not uh, written, tried to write it out? I think she should have stepped down two years ago. Yeah. So there's your answer. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that honest All answer. Right. Somebody needed to say it tonight, and I thank you, Tom DeBacaro. I appreciate your being here. We're going to take All a right. break. Take care. Thank you so much. Um, we'll have to. What we need to do. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in Bob Walters for his education segment. Trump made an extraordinary announcement yesterday. And then we're going to pick up the conversation uh, about RBG a little bit later. And in the meantime, what we need to continue to do is pray for our nation and pray for President Trump at this time. We'll be back. Want more Andrea Kay? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Extraordinary day, major developments, bombshell, if you will, for the election, the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We're going to shift gears now. 
um, because this election, uh, we're not, not really, well, yeah, we are shifting gears from the Supreme Court, but let me tell you, uh, it is really clear that this is the most important election in our lifetime, and something that people are just now waking up to is one of the reasons why it's so important is because of the inroads that the left has made in this country culturally, and primarily through uh, hijacking the schools and turning them into indoctrination centers, and President Trump made a big announcement yesterday regarding that and joining me now as he does every Friday to educate you on what's happening in our education system. It's my buddy Bob Walters. Hey, Bob, welcome back. Thanks. Good to be here. Anything you want to share about Ruth Bader Ginsburg before we talk about education? No, I mean, she she was a hard worker and and an American, but I didn't agree with her decisions. And and I, I, I wish her well in the afterlife. And hopefully we'll find someone to replace her and turn the court to the right uh, direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of cases going to be heard before the court. I don't know how many they're going to accept, but there will be cases about the schools coming down the road, about uh, the the education, the curriculums, about different states uh, denying whether it's about school choice or or the curriculums or um, some states even trying to shut out private schools altogether. I believe that there will be some court cases heard by Supreme Court. So this even affects our education topics. But shifting gears, President Trump made a huge announcement yesterday. What was that? Well, he decided uh, he issued an executive order to create a national commission to promote patriotic education where students would no longer be ashamed <laughs> at what they're learning in school, if anything. I mean, if you think about it, part of the reason for these kids being in demonstrations, for the last 10 years or more, they haven't been learning American education or pride in the country or respect for the flag. They haven't been taught that. At best, they're getting sex education and other uh, left-wing indoctrination issues. In fact, when you hear them on the street yelling, uh, down with America, Sounded like the people in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't see the difference, and that and shame on that. That's because of the education has been drifting the wrong way, and this latest thing that came out by the left through the New York Times called sixteen nineteen. Um, it's just really the sixteen nineteen project basically teaches that it's a collection of essays that cast America as an irredeemable racist empire built solely to oppress minorities. <laughs> And it's just disgusting. It's and that was part to everybody. And that's part of Trump's uh, his executive order, right? As to to keep that out of the curriculums. Correct. And if the schools don't do it, he'll start cutting off federal funds. Ooh. That's one of the uh, targets that he's got. He's got certain control over federal funds. He had to get to the Congress to get the rest of the cut off of the, of the school districts. And it's uh, it's really time to be done because it's. Honest to God, the way the way we're headed in this country and education is just nothing but an indoctrination center. We talk about the Supreme Court and the control they have over our future. That's exactly what's going on in these schools. Yeah. Once they indoctrinate a hundred thousand million kids for the for another ten years, we won't have this country left. No, no. And, um, you know, I I heard somebody yesterday saying, well, this is just I don't know why Trump's getting into this now, because this is just a niche, you know, issue. The average American doesn't care about this. What? What? Uh, You know, nice try, lady. This is not a niche issue. I mean, we have 330 million Americans and, and, and what happens in our schools 
affects all 330 million of us. It affects us because these are these are America's children. These are our sons, our daughters, our nieces, our nephews. They're they're voters. These are the people that are turning out and burning down businesses and beating up cops and ambushing cops. What is being taught and burning (laughs) flags. You know, this this is this is what the Black Lives Matter movement uh, is born out of the indoctrination has been going on for a long time, not necessarily the 1619 project, but we know that they've been teaching anti-Americanism. We know it, it's not as much in elementary school uh, or, and high school as we know that it has for years in the universities. And so it's high time that uh, we, we had some involvement from the federal government. I don't like that we've even got a Department of Education. I wish we didn't. I wish, you know, that it was all done at the state and local level. But if we're going to have a centralized Department of Education, then it's time that President Trump got involved and knocked this crap out because this is destroying our country. And um, he also... Um, in addition to stopping the 1619, which is the anti-American stuff, he wants right. some pro-American stuff put in there. Do you have a description of what that would be? Yes, he's, he's got to have uh, it be taught that the Constitution, as it was written, has been the greatest instrument that's ever come to the, to the world. And from it, they he ended up with doing away with slavery and conquering fascism and Nazism and, and communism. And built a country that's second to none. Mm-hmm. So it's that type of history needs to be taught in a patriotic sense. Respect for our founders. Right now, they just treat them all over slave owners. Therefore, they're filthy and disgusting. That's a terrible outlook. In those days, it was a different world. And they still built the ideals and the system and the Constitution that, that have guided us for many years up to this recent time. Well, not to mention and the fact this. that, right, is that we had slavery here in the United States, and it was horrible, and it was evil, and we corrected it. But the, 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 but the foundation of what our Constitution is about, our Bill of Rights, um, that our right, and that our rights come from God, not from man, and individual liberty, and limited government, and all that um, is the greatest system of, of governance in the history history of the world while every other system out there there's still slavery going on okay there's still still (laughs) slavery going on in the rest of the world and they don't even have the u.s constitution uh type of government to go with it okay so it's high time that we taught what the constitution is and the value of the constitution get back to it in our schools because again and we need to have that going on in our law schools as well because it's going to get increasingly hard to replace an rbg with an actual conservative when we've got so many of the nominees coming out of these these libtard indoctrination centers called Georgetown and Harvard. In fact, I would love it if we stopped, if we had a president that said to me, going forward, here's my list of potential nominations, nominees for the Supreme Court, and not one of them came out of the crap weasel places known as the Ivy League. That's, that's true. Go to Hillsdale that's College. True. Go to LSU. Go so you know. Where did you go? You went. To, did you go to UCLA? I'm a UCLA guy. That's yep. what I thought. All right, what else you got? You got <laughs> Well, um, I do have some points of good news that's probably worth mentioning. Good. Uh, Texas uh, rejected proposed LGBT lessons in schools as part of the sex education program, which they do have. But that was a good step in the right direction. And you got California parents who sued last week Governor Newsom for failure to provide quality education for our children. Ooh. I don't know where it's going to go in the courts, but the, the case has been filed. And also, the parents in Texas are moving their kids into homeschooling at a rate 400 times more than in the past year. So that's wow. a real trend in the right direction. 
Wow. Um, all that is uh, those that is good news. Um, you know, if you if you're going to do this distance learning crap and, and put, make kids sit at home, the parents, you know, might you might as well do the homeschool and then you've got some control over the curriculum. It, it goes. I, I love the lawsuit idea. It, that's the kind of thing that's going to make its way to the Supreme Court. So if you're listening to me right now and you're part of the Republican Party that, oh, you don't like that Trump said this or you didn't like his particular answer at a town hall question. He just didn't sound empathetic enough. Enough. You know what? Stop thinking about you know um, yourself and and don't be a snowflake about how Trump tweets and think about the bigger picture. And the bigger right. picture is about the U.S. Constitution and how it's being subverted on so many different levels in our country and why we need to keep President Trump in office and we need to keep the Senate if for no other reason than you need to support President Trump for the Supreme Court. Little side note I found yes, uh, yesterday in, in San Diego and Orange and other counties. In Orange County, there was 165 seats open for election for school board in Orange County. And wow. the Republicans have put up exactly 35 candidates. And all the rest of them, there were no Republicans running against the union Democrats that were running. Wow. So if we don't stand and do little things that build into big things, we're never going to turn this around. Trump can do what he can, and I salute him for doing it. It'll have an impact. But at some point, we have to take back control of the school boards. Yes. And, of course, uh, he's going to put in this rule, I'm sure, if he gets reelected, school choice, where the money goes to the parents and they get to decide what school they're going to send their kids to. Well, you're so right about the the school boards, though. Trump cannot do it all. We and we have got to accept responsibility. It's not enough for us as conservatives to sit around and yammer and complain about what's going on in our country. Uh, it's great to go to the school board meetings and push back. You've reported on on results, successes from that. But we must run for office. That we've got to get involved at a local level. School boards, city councils, board of supervisors. You, you know, if you're in law enforcement. You know, throw your hat in the ring to be sheriff. Uh, if, if you're a, a lawyer, how about you run for judge? You know, we've got to get involved ourselves and we can't just and there's and there's even conservatives that, you know, don't even bother to vote. Uh, don't complain if you're not willing to get involved. Bob is a successful businessman who, who do, who's in his spare time works hard to try to turn around our education system. And for that, you are a perpetual at least nominee for here of the week, Bob. And one of these days, I'll run for office also. Well, okay. I, well, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I will go up there and beat the street and, and knock, knock on doors for you, my friend. <laughs> okay. Thank you deal. so much. Have a great weekend. You too. All right. We're going to take a little break. We come back. We've got more on the other side. 888-344-1170. If you want to call in, we've got Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea Kay. Whatever you call her, she's on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Yeah, Amy Coney Barrett's trending on Twitter. Just a couple of comments here that I think are interesting. Steve Deese says Amy Coney Barrett should be the pick and let suburban women see for themselves what the left really thinks about them. Uh, she, as uh, as you know, she has said that uh, being a Catholic is something that's um, 
uh, the importance of her Catholic faith and her belief and that uh, her belief that life begins at conception. So um, should be interesting to see. Joe Concha says, get to know this name and her story now because you'll be hearing a ton about her for the next seven weeks. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett will almost undoubtedly be President Trump's choice to fill the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg seat. Uh, my friend Don Jans is on the line, though. He wants to weigh in on this topic. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks. Andrea. Hey, honey. Thanks for calling I, him. I, I do want to weigh in on this. I heard your I, I heard your show. And if I were in the Biden campaign today, I would be far more disappointed that this has happened, then I would be under the Trump, if I'm in the Trump campaign. And let me explain what I said. Biden is in a position to, first of all, Biden has no enthusiasm. His team has refused to give us any kind of a list as to whom they would nominate as their, as their uh, appointment to the justice. If he goes and if he gives us a list and he doesn't have who AOC and Sanders want, he's going to take a tremendous hit. If he names who AOC and Sanders would like, he's going to take a tremendous hit. Mm-hmm. I don't see where he wins. I, I doubt that he is going to, that his team is going to name people that they would appoint to the Supreme Court, and he will take a terrible hit. I don't see how he wins. I think he loses in every possible scenario. Am I wrong? I, I don't think I don't think you're wrong there. I don't think I I, I think that uh, Trump has the most to gain and Trump has the most to lose here with his base. His you know his base. I don't remember the exact numbers in the exit interviews, but the Supreme Court was one of the top reasons for why President Trump won because people expected there to be replacements and they and. They, Republicans and conservatives were sick of John Roberts, and they thought if we got a couple more on the on the bench that we'd have a solid conservative uh, majority, which we still don't really have. And my theory for that right. is because we're still nominating people out of these out of these Ivy Leagues, and they're too they're too far left as institutions. Uh, that right. being said, I think that Trump needs to be Trump, and he needs to say, "I'm I, I won because I'm bold. I'm going to be bold, and I and I am the president of the United States, and I have the right for name and consent. Uh, uh, what is what's the what the same for it? Advise and consent uh, right. that people voted for me, and and I think that he needs to push it through. And if there's Republicans that don't want to vote, I think they need to be exposed, and I don't think that they're going to want that. I think Trump needs to play hardball, and unfortunately, he's going to have to do it with his own party. I think he's prepared to do it, and I think if he pushes it through, um, he wins. Even if even if he pushes it, even if he pushes an Amy Coney Barrett and she gets borked. I still think he wins. Well, she would be a fantastic choice, first of all. And this is where I think where I think Trump's in a very, very, very good position in that he's given us his list. And he's proven that he will nominate from that list. So even if he doesn't give us a nomination, we know who's, who we have a very good idea who it will be. Biden, we have no idea. And if Biden gives us a name, I think he loses either way. And Trump is a great, great offensive player. Yeah. And, and I don't see Trump letting up. But, but I think he starts in tomorrow. What, who, or maybe not tomorrow, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. 
Who is your, uh, where is your list, Joe Biden? Well, I think that, well, he's got, he's got two angles he's got to play. Number one is, is, I, I actually think he shouldn't even ask Joe Biden for a list. I think he should say, I'm president of the United States. We've got an opening on the Supreme Court. Here's who I'm nominating. And I expect my Republican party to honor the votes of 60 something million people in 2016 who elected me president of the United States. And I have the right as the president to nominate who the stink I want. And it's Amy Coney Barrett. That's the, I, I think, I don't even think he should mentioned joe biden well i still think there'll be a tremendous amount of pressure on biden to give us oh there will there will but i don't but it's great which is great andrea it is but i think ultimately what's great is president trump to exercise his right as president and a republican uh, controlled senate needs to needs to affirm and, and vote for and affirm his nomination and do their job and that will not only save the supreme court it will also in my opinion be the final that's the final nail in, in joe biden and yeah. it's it's uh and it secures a win for president trump final final it thoughts it will be an interesting week or two won't it Oh, it absolutely will. And I'm going to count on you uh, to, to call. Uh, we'll have you on next week because we've got a lot. we got to talk about what's happening with this Black Lives Matter movement. That hasn't gone away as well as nope. this, these continued shutdowns, uh, which is all part of the Marxist movement. And, you know, we've got a small window right now in order to convince people why they need to make sure that they're doing everything that they can to help Trump get get uh, reelected. Got to leave it there, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Andrea. All right, it's time for Hear the Week and Stink of the Week. What you got, uh, Skins? My Stink of the Week is a little preemptive, but he's got the track record for it, so uh, I think he's going to come through for me, is Governor Gavin Newsom, because I think next week, unfortunately, we're going to get the news California slipping back down into the purple, more restrictions on businesses, churches, yeah, indoor activities, etc. So I think he's going to take the cake there. And Hero? Hero of the Week, actually, just based off of an interview I saw today with some uh, horrific CNN host trying to get Dr. Scott Atlas to go against President Donald Trump and just trap him. And he made her look so foolish. It was unbelievable. (laughs) What was she trying to trap him on? What was she trying to get? They were talking first about herd immunity and how uh, he's come out and said it. And it's good. You know, it's policy for uh, President Trump. And he pretty much refuted that. Uh, They showed some clips. They took it out of context context excuse me and he set her straight yeah you know i love that guy he is absolutely amazing he re- he really is um okay so in the time i have left um okay stink of the week i've got to it's kind of a tie stink of the week is um the people on the on the left as well as the director of cuties from netflix who are oh, yeah. first of all st- trying to say that this movie uh, 11 year olds in a in a pornographic movie is feminism that stink of the week as well as in tied with the fox news host that shut down soros uh discussion here of the week is the trump administration for their peace deals that was absolutely extraordinary peace in the middle east and i think that was amazing i know other presidents come close that's right and we will see y'all monday morning 6 p.m pacific time peace out love you all prayers for our country